Welcome to Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension, where we talk with people about exploring, making discoveries, and solving problems to better manage our natural resources, and we share ideas to help you learn more and get involved. This is an older episode from when we used a different title, The Naturalist, but the conversation and ideas are still fresh. If you enjoy it, we hope you'll subscribe and listen to more episodes of Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC. Hi, I'm Santiago from U of M Extension, and this is The Naturalist, a podcast that aims to explore the various topics within the world of Minnesota natural resources, all while trying to capture great stories and talk to people about the environment. This week we talk with Matt Russell and Joanna Dupree about white-tailed deer populations in Minnesota, their impacts, and how they're being studied. I'm Matt Russell. I'm an assistant professor and extension specialist uh, with the University of Minnesota Department of Forest Resources, uh, and I'm based on the St. Paul campus. All right, Matt. So one of the things I was really interested about was... Um, you know, looking at the current deer population distributions within the state and what that looks like. Do you have an idea of um, what current populations, where they are and within the state? Yeah, so the deer populations in Minnesota are extremely variable. Okay. <laughs> and so you will hear that from deer hunters that, that go out and, and hunt deer uh, regularly. But in general, um, many of our forested portions of the state are heavily populated by deer. Um, so a lot of deer uh, in kind of the north central region of Minnesota uh, as you get into northeastern Minnesota. Um, uh, so it really depends on how many deer. On average, if you look at the trends and how many deer have been harvested um, across the state of Minnesota, uh, in the last several years it's been around 200,000 deer, uh, plus or minus uh, several, several thousand deer. But um, in general, that's kind of what, uh, what deer populations are looking like. Um, across Minnesota. Okay, now can you kind of talk about more about why that is? You know, why do the deer populations tend to go to these regions? Yeah, well deer like to eat, um, so they're gonna, their habitat is mostly going to be where um, they have diverse habitat. Um, so if, if one plant that they normally eat um, isn't around, they'll have options for other kinds of plants and uh, acorns and, and grasses and, and things like that. So. Um, so deer will really strategically seek out areas where uh, they have food sources. Um, and so forests are a good example of a habitat that provides abundant food sources. Uh, so deer really seek uh, areas with mass-producing tree, mass um, trees, uh, so uh, things like oaks that provide acorns, uh, hickories, things like that. Um, and they'll also eat the foliage of some trees um, in addition to uh, lots of shrubs that are out there, lots of grasses and, and, and things like that. So um, a smart deer is going to be one that uh, really seeks out a habitat with diverse kinds of uh, things that it can have in its diet. Right. Also, uh, I heard about, I'm not sure how, how uh, accurate this is, but I've, I've, I've heard about deer populations moving away from like hunting locations as well. I don't know if is if that's been observed or um, you know do they kind of stay away from danger 
They can. I mean, they do in, in some senses. Um, in some cases, you know, deer, are, you know, see very few people, you know, in remote areas. And in that cases, you know, they can be seeing people can deter them uh, from sticking around. Um, but in other areas, particularly in communities, uh, deer are almost becoming, you know, the backyard pet. Um, and so a lot of people um, you know, you see deer on a daily basis or uh, several times a day, uh, depending on where they live. Um, and so it really depends on the area and again really what the food sources are available um, and really what the deer become accustomed to. But if we look at the history of, of deer in Minnesota, deer used to only really be in the southern part of the state before, um, settle, before settlement uh, and eventually they kind of moved into a kind of a narrow band um, along with moose and caribou in the, the late 1800s um, until now where we're really seeing deer uh, really across the whole entire state. So it's very interesting to look at deer populations and how they've compared to moose and caribou populations as we look at the history of deer in Minnesota. Given current conditions, um, what type of potential for change within you know, distribution of deer do you see? Do you see uh, greater movement north or do you see greater movement to the east? Or um, you know, what do you see along those lines happening um, you know, going forward here in Minnesota? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, in Minnesota, we have about 17 million acres of forest, um, and that's increased a little bit over recent decades. So um, as long as we're kind of keeping our forest forested, um, there's going to continue to be deer habitat um, in the, into the future. Um, and so when we look at things that are, that are changing our landscape, and we think about uh, climate change, as an example, there might there are several people that are trying uh, more hardwood species that are more adapted to Minnesota's climate. Um, and so the idea is if if those species that maybe previously weren't uh, that abundant across our landscape, um, but they serve as good deer habitat, maybe they're a mass-producing tree, um, maybe they provide um, some browse for that uh, for that deer. Um, it could mean that you know we could potentially alter our forests and the way that the, we're managing them to be either better places for deer habitat or maybe not as good for deer habitat. So that all depends on kind of which species kind of come out on top uh, when we think about planning for the future. Um, and importantly, how our forests regenerate. Um, that is how, how a new forest grows beneath an old forest um, to provide the kind of next habitat, that next generation of, of uh, habitat for the deer and, and also plant sources and, and browse for the deer as well. When you think of forests, I feel like some people forget about the impacts of deer um, and then you also start thinking about the other impacts like uh, invasives like emerald ash borer and other invasives that are taken over in some, some parts um, and it just paints a picture that you know these, these forests are very delicate and uh, going forward it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, the, how they change. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought up the point about invasive species. Um, unfortunately, deer, for the most part, do not like to browse and like, do not like to eat those right. invasive species. You know, I'm thinking of plants like buckthorn and garlic mustard, which are a lot of big problems that uh, landowners are dealing with across the state. Um, but there is an interesting kind of relationship between invasive plants and the presence of deer. There have been studies shown that um, you can see more abundant invasive plants in areas where there are higher deer populations. Um, and that can be related to um, the indirect effects that deer have on the landscape. 
So as an example of that, um, so deer will not eat garlic mustard, a common uh, invasive plant that we see a lot uh, in the central and, and southeastern part of the state. Um, but what they can do is they can disturb the soil as they're going around browsing other things and potentially move that seed around um, as, they're, uh, as they're disturbing the soil, as they're moving around. So um, it's easy to think about the direct effects. Well, this deer browsed this tree seedling and that tree seedling died. Uh, but there are also those indirect effects, you know, what kind of uh, influence do deer have uh, on, the, on the ecosystem uh, just based on, you know, kind of the, the damage that they're doing by disturbing soil, walking around, um, and things like that. So those relationships are really some of the most complex and really what we don't know a lot about uh, when we look at the scientific literature about uh, the impact of deer, particularly in forested ecosystems. Right, you know, a lot of indirect... Um uh, consequences of deer populations, you know, can, can occur. I've also heard about how, you know, when they do, they do browse, um, you know, kind of changes the available real estate for, for birds and, and stuff like that along, along the line, you know, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I think of one species that uh, a lot of forest managers have a, have difficulty in, in getting from seedling to mature tree, and that's uh, the eastern white pine, uh, which is a tree that has a, a large legacy uh, in Minnesota, as a lot of the uh, early harvesting of timber was eastern white pine that helped to build the cities like Minneapolis and St. Paul and Chicago and Milwaukee, uh, and a lot of those came from the northern part of the state, those, those white pine trees. Um, and so eastern white pine is, is a tree that deer like to browse. You know, its buds are high in nutrients, um, and so they're going to um, selectively uh, kind of look for those eastern white pine trees um, and browse them and so um, the role in that is that you know as forest managers we can uh, protect seedlings and, and put some investment into um, establishing those seedlings and making sure they get out of the range of deer uh, so that they can eventually become mature and healthy trees that can provide habitat for birds and uh, other mammals and then things like that so um, so that's really the role that, that forest managers play in trying to um, not only protect those trees for, from deer, but also to protect those trees so that they eventually become healthy, uh, healthy trees that provide a number of other benefits to wildlife and, and a lot of the other things that we rely on when we look at forests. Uh, so another question I had for you was, um, you know, or, um, so I guess we briefly touched about Increase potential increase and in, in decrease of, of the population. How that really is reliant on available browsing, but um, is there high potential right now to see major number spikes, or is it kind of steadily increasing or steadily decreasing uh, within the state of Minnesota? Yeah, well, historically, one of the best ways to kind of uh, keep a check on the deer population is um, you know setting accurate harvest levels for um, for white-tailed deer. Um, and so the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources is really tasked with that. As deer hunters, they say, I'm going to hunt in this wildlife management unit and, you know, kind of look at, you know, well, how many deer can I harvest here? Um, that's really a, a great strategy in uh, keeping deer numbers in check uh, and one that's been used for a number of years in Minnesota um, and in other states as well. Um, and so in doing that, they're able to really look at yeah, sure, on, on a broad scale, we can look at, you know, trends in, in deer populations in Minnesota, but when you're thinking about, well, you know, the, the 40 acres my family hunts on every fall, 
uh, we want good deer numbers there because we hunt there. Um, and so they can really hone in on, well, in this wildlife management unit here, the uh, factors going around, um, there may have been a, a harsh winter, which would affect, you know, the, the fawns that are that become available and are born in the spring. Uh, and so maybe we reduce the deer numbers in that area, uh, but might increase them where in an area that didn't see as bad of a winter or um, has more abundant food sources that, you know, helps white-tailed deer to survive. So um, really we can rely on our state agencies to help to provide guidance on uh, setting those harvest levels for specific areas. Uh, and that's just a great way to keep deer numbers in check. Okay. Um, now outside of hunting, you know, what, what are some of the interactions that, um, you know, the regular public have when, when, when dealing with deer? You know, a lot of people just think of deer as being kind of a hunting thing within, within the state, but, you know, driving down here to the cities, I also noticed a lot of roadkill. Um, so yeah, what are some of those relationships outside of just hunting that um, you know the Minnesota public deals with when it when it comes to deer? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and you know a lot of the things that a lot of communities are, are dealing with is you know deer being a part of the community really, um, and so there's a lot of efforts now uh, ongoing with I know Cornell University is involved and the Nature Conservancy is involved um, in a large project about you know you know how do we as a community prepare and adapt ourselves to, you know, perhaps overabundant deer populations that live in our community. Um, and there's a number of great projects going on uh, in that area. I know in the city of Duluth, they've um, scheduled a very successful um, bow hunt uh, within the city limits to uh, try to keep their populations uh, in check uh, for white-tailed deer. Um, and so examples like that are, are really critical. When we think about the adverse effects of deer, like uh, deer vehicle collisions is a big one. Um, you know, as you know, people run into deer, you know, and, and deer are a problem and can cause, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of problems to our cars and um, to other resources. Of course, that's something that insurance companies like um, that sell you insurance, but, um, but there is certainly a human factor to that too. Um, and then we think of um, uh, the risk of Lyme disease. You know, deer can carry ticks um, and can serve as a vector for Lyme disease. Uh, and so when you start thinking about those two things, that is uh, deer vehicle collisions and Lyme disease, um, it's not really just the deer populations that we're concerned about, but we're concerned with you know, human health now uh, being a, a component of uh, a problem um, or a management issue uh, around deer. And so all those things we've got to think about uh, when we start thinking about what deer population should be, uh, when we start thinking about um, hunting levels and harvest levels that are appropriate for deer. All right. Now, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, Minnesota and the trends in Minnesota and what we're seeing in Minnesota, but it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about how the numbers here compare to our neighboring states, such as Wisconsin and Michigan, because uh, I've heard that uh, they have some deer, not, not issues, but they're, they're dealing with deer uh, on a statewide level as well. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, states like Michigan and, and Wisconsin um, are certainly dealing with the deer issue just like, like we are in Minnesota. Um, in general, there are actually more deer in our neighbor in Wisconsin than we have in Minnesota. Uh, and the general reason for that is just because the habitat is just quite a bit different. Uh, so in Minnesota, we have a lot more conifer-dominated forest. You know, think of uh, kind of the boundary waters in northern Minnesota and kind of 
uh, really at the southern edge of that boreal forest, whereas I don't have that as much in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, they have a lot more uh, hardwood species, a lot more mast producing species. So tree uh, deer can rely on uh, things like oak acorns, um, in addition to um, uh, some other plants and, um, and grasses that are available. So, um, and other states have done uh, lots of other programs. Uh, Wisconsin has a great program working with landowners uh, to know more about deer populations. Um, and so as in Minnesota, we can learn a lot from our neighboring states in terms of what's worked with for them in the past and managing deer uh, and kind of just learning about the issues that they're facing as a state. That's really interesting. Um, now bringing it kind of back to Minnesota, you know, going forward, are there any goals um, kind of statewide for kind of dealing with deer within the state? And like you said, there, there's a lot of information and um, kind of tips that the state could take from from our neighbors. But as a state, you know, what are some of the goals that you know organizations like the DNR um, are doing? Yeah, so uh, as we speak, there's um, in the works is a, a deer management plan being developed uh, that's being led by the Minnesota DNR. Um, and so that, um, that plan is kind of being comprised of an advisory committee. Uh, and that committee has a number of people representing uh, forest industry and uh, the DNR and county agencies, uh, in addition to conservation groups uh, like the Minnesota Deer Hunters Association and uh, the Nature Conservancy. Um, and so the end goal is really a, a basically a deer management plan for the state of Minnesota. Um, and it's not necessarily, from my understanding, kind of what are we going to do in this county, you know, in, in this wildlife management unit, but it's really more of a 30,000 foot level, you know, what can we be doing? How does some of the modeling that we do uh, to estimate these deer densities, how can we improve that? Uh, what other resources uh, might we need to um, to you know, come up with these numbers in a scientifically rigorous way, um, but also how can we still you know provide uh, hunting opportunities for people in Minnesota? How can we still provide you know the forest resources that we need uh, in terms of you know providing to forest industry the the wood the wood and the forest products that we uh, that we rely on in terms of our economy and and just our way of life. So. Um, so it'll be interesting, the next year or two is, is very interesting when it comes to kind of looking at the future of deer in Minnesota. Uh, this management plan that the DNR is helping to develop is gonna provide a lot of insight into that. Well, so it seems like a very complex situation, and, um, but it's very interesting to say the least. And um, it feels like, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions right now and they're trying to address all that. Outside of that, are there, you know, are there other research groups within the state that are kind of focusing in on any specific details? Um, are some other goals to like update, you know, deer characteristics, what the, you know, what they're looking at in, t in terms of browsing or um, anything along those terms? Yeah, well, uh, several of us here at the University of Minnesota are looking into kind of the relationships between deer and forest habitat, um, and that's going to continue to be a big issue and a big, uh, a lot of research questions are kind of developing around that. Um, and related to that, it's really getting a sense of, you know, how much do you have to invest into regenerating a forest to have it be healthy and mature and perhaps avoid deer browse along the way? Um, and so that's a, a big question that we get a lot of questions from uh, foresters and other natural resource professionals to um, try to answer that question about, you know, 
is that if I spent $20 an acre to protect a forest, is that enough? It does have to be $100 an acre, or should I just fence my whole forest around? And so obviously that's not economical to fence large areas, but um, we're really trying to find that sweet spot of you know, doing enough management so that you can really protect the forest uh, with, uh, by maintaining that deer density that you want for uh, hunting opportunities. Um, and so other work going on um, involves uh, really information that's coming out of this deer management group. Um, I think that they're going to provide a lot of uh, research questions and a lot of impetus for others to um, kind of look at, you know, at a state level, you know, what should we be doing, where are the research gaps, where are the knowledge gaps that we really ought to be studying to get a better handle of, you know, what deer, um, how deer are, are benefiting our ecosystems and how they might be impeding our ecosystems. So a lot of information is going to be coming out within the next year or two about some of those challenges that lie ahead. All right. Well. Thing that wraps it up for any questions I had uh, and I just want to thank you for taking part in this uh, conversation about deer. Thanks, it was great being here. According to information found on the DNR's website, a draft of the state's deer management plan will be finalized and released on December 13th. Topics covered during the committee meetings included deer and habitat health, funding, monitoring, and hunter and non-hunter satisfaction. More materials regarding the management plan can be found online on the DNR's website. My name is Johanna Dupre. I'm a program coordinator at the University of Minnesota Extension for the Forestry and Wildlife Department. I am currently working on a project, a citizen science project, that will help us monitor deer populations in Minnesota. Well, that's, that sounds really cool. Um, ha, 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 how long have you been working on those projects? Out of curiosity. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're currently in the developing development phase. I have been working on this for a couple of months now, but we're trying to get a sense of what people are interested in and what kind of project people would want to participate in. So we're still working on it and moving forward. What are researchers um, within the state very curious about? What are like the very specific things about deer that research is being conducted? So I think deer are very important to a lot of people. Um, you know, for people who like to be outside and like to, you know, be in nature, they really enjoy seeing deer and they really enjoy, and that's kind of what you think of when you think of being out in nature. Um, but it's also, deer are also really important because they do have such a strong impact on our forests. Um, and so people who care about regenerating our forests, people who care about having, um, you know, ensuring that we have sustainable um, timber so we can continue to have timber sales in the future. Um, people who just want to be able to have productive forests on their land. All of those people really care about, you know, increasing deer populations or could potentially care about increasing deer populations because deer have such a strong influence on our forest. Um, and so I think a lot of work is being done on, you know, what kind of impact deer directly do have on forests. And 
a lot of work is being done on how can we prevent deer from uh, harvesting on important seedlings that we're trying to regenerate. Um, in many parts of the US, for example, uh, there's a difficulty in regenerating oak trees and deer eat oak. And so understanding how we can maybe stop deer from eating oak is important. Um, and so it's just, it's basically understanding how uh, with increasing deer populations, we wanna understand how, what kind of role deer play in the ecosystem and what kind of work we can do to maintain deer that everybody loves and cares about, but also make sure that we're having productive forests. When was the last major deer survey done to try to figure out population dynamics? Well, so um, every year the Minnesota DNR will monitor um, deer harvest each hunting season. Um, so they actually have a pretty good record of um, at least what was harvested in Minnesota during the hunting season. And so they can get a good sense of what is happening with the population, if it's increasing, if it's decreasing. Um, and I know that they um, basically can have figured out a way to estimate the population, or at least estimate it if it's increasing or decreasing um, based on the numbers that are being harvested. Going off that, um, you know, what, what, uh, what are some of the major challenges associated with trying to keep track of deer? Um, so um, part of what makes it hard about deer is kind of, as you mentioned, they don't really want to be around people and they try to avoid people as much as possible and they do move around. Um, but you can't just go out and count your populations. Um, because, you know, we don't see all of the deer that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to come up with ways that can estimate deer populations, which is what the DNR was doing. Um, another method that some people use is if you're not actually worried about the number of deer, but if you're worried about the impact of deer, some people will look for environmental indicators of deer. Um, so this can be anywhere from going out in the woods and trying to look for areas, look for deer browse. Um, when a deer browses off a plant, you can see the rip of the leaf or the rip of the bud. So you can see the evidence of it. Um, you can also, there are other environmental indicators. For example, if you see a browse line, which is essentially a line in the understory of the forest where approximately less than five feet there's very few understory plants that can indicate that there are um, heavy deer populations in the area. And so if you're not actually worried about the number of deer, but you're worried about the impact the deer are having, there are other methods that you can look for to try to understand what's happening and understand if you do have heavy deer populations in the area. That's it for this episode of The Naturalist. We've been talking with Matt Russell and Johanna Dupre about the impacts of deer on Minnesota life and the efforts being made to better understand them. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.